Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and my cast is as follows. C. Thomas plays Oka Hien, an Osamar Bloodhunter. Max Guo plays Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra Artificer. Erica Flaidlin plays V. Noxherzo, an Elf Sorcerer. Valiant Dorian plays Vasca, a Yuanti Bard. Hamna Shahid plays Jaron Cotter, a Dragonborn Rogue. Dare Hickman plays Gentle, a Triton Monk. Quinn B. Rodriguez plays Sitlali, a Changeling Cleric. And Austin Knight plays Abiku Ishtar, a Reborn Goliath Ranger. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, gore, amnesia, memory loss, loss of bodily autonomy, apocalypse, loss of loved ones, swimming, holding breath underwater, food, romance, flirting, descriptions of heights, flying, and destructive sound effects. Arc 7, Episode 8. Remake the World Inverted. From North and South by Joy Layden. You weren't made from the journey. You were made from necessity. Bright, blue, dark-haired thing. A blank slate with nothing to your name but nothing. You didn't have a history. It didn't matter. You weren't. And then you were. The world was reeling. The stranger had left, and devastation seethed in its wake. Shredded earth, evaporated rivers, body, mind, soul. You were just another lucent particle in the black hole of grief. Another small anomaly, a shattered blade, an unpaired shoe, a lover's letter never returned. They found you, didn't they? The paragon sends creature by some detour of fate. They found you in a glen, a forest, a bamboo grove teeming with mist and shadow. They grew a wing, alarmed, and threw it over your body. You learned later that there was a word for what you were. What was it? Naked. They took you in, clothed you, fed you, taught you words, habits, customs. You lived together until the day they died, peacefully, 
their hand in your hand. And you closed your eyes, and when you opened them, you were somewhere else. Another time, another place, and you didn't know why your cheeks were wet. And so you persisted, just like this, for years, hundreds of them, centuries, trickling into heavy millennia like water, dripping through rock. Every now and then you blinked, and were somewhere else, another place, another time. You would know how to do things, but you wouldn't know why. You had no idea where you came from. You had no memory. By some detour of fate, you developed a personality, didn't you? Wants, needs, desires. A desire to learn. A desire to know. To understand the incomprehensible so that you could untangle the greatest puzzle of all. Yourself, across blinks, across resets. This desire persisted, didn't it? And so, too, did the unease, the vague emptiness in the bottom of your heart, the echo of sadness for a soulmate found and forgotten. The ghost of previous lives, never known. But the problem with existing, with flesh, is that the body, no matter how many times it's purged, remembers. And the mind ever turning, ever thinking, always grasping for an answer. But the soul, your soul. Now that was unseen, that you would develop a self, a cogent narrative, a sapience beyond vessel, beyond avatar is truly remarkable. You are marvelous, aren't you? And the rules of this journey are so pointless. Forgive me for my verbosity. I haven't spoken in, well, ever. I'm still finding my voice. What do you think of this one, gentle? Um. Uh. Uh. I have no words. The stranger. Your hand is still on their wrist. And they flip their hand so that their fingers curl around yours, like, like a dancer maneuvering you in a duet fluidly. And they pull you in. So still suspended in the air with the graviturgic surge of the seeds of vacuum still trying to suck you toward that terminal destination, you are now like face to face. I asked you a question. I think Gentle's initial reaction is to try to slip out of the grasp. 
um, almost using doc- Dr. O's body uh, as like a, trying to springboard off and slip away. They let you go. As you wiggle away, you feel their hand like release your wrist and you, I think, springboard off their body. How are you doing that? Are you like kicking off their chest yes. with your feet? Yeah, Absolutely. it's almost like you kick it and it's it's like kicking concrete. Like they don't move backward. They're just sort of, they're no longer being, you realize they're no longer being sucked backward by the seed. They're just sort of floating in midair like a pillar and you launch off of them. What's wrong? What happened to Dr. O? Dr. Luso isn't here anymore, gentle. It's just me. Gentle is terrified. Um, they're quite, they're, their silence is very deliberate here. As they put their mask on and simply, like, I think try to back up to where everyone else is. You... <laughs> Gentle, you're still flying like Am a freaking Am I still flying? Kite. Oh, yes, I didn't realize in mid-air. I was still flying. Yes, Oka's like blood tether is still connected, wrapped around your ankle, oh, and it's gosh. Oka and Voska and everyone on the ground, like Abiku even, like holding on to you, like, oh, like rooting their feet into the dirt. Like you're like sort of, I think, swaying in the air. And as you like put your mask on, there's a split second where it goes over your face. And when you blink, they're not in front of you anymore. And you just sort of hear their voice behind you go, Oh, yes, the mask. You did always have a propensity for that, didn't you, gentle? What are you, a monk? I like the way you chopped Shrini's wing. It was quite profound. Like this. And you feel uh, something really hard hit your shoulder. Down. And the rest of you see the stranger in Dr. Luso's body uh, lift up their right hand and form like a perfect blade with like the flat of their palm, like perfectly like Gentle was, like a perfect mimicry of, mimicry of Gentle's form. And they, they tap Gentle. They don't even swing it down with force. They just sort of like gently tap it. And you all see Gentle just plummet, like boom, I think the, the speed of it breaks the sound barrier in that split second. And there's a vibration outward from that point of contact. And gentle, you slam into the earth. And like a massive crater erupts around your body. This happens so quickly, none of you get the chance to intervene until gentle's like in the ground and there's like rocks exploding upward from them. So you're going to take, oh, that's not so bad. That's just 45 points of bludgeoning damage. That's not so bad. I'm still alive. You're still up. Yeah, you go, there's like a massive plume of smoke. And I think like the rest of you sort of get like dragged forward a bit from like how quickly Gentle went down. What do the rest of you do? Oh, I think Abiku just screams at like the top of her lungs and is uh, I think he's gonna shoot a lightning arrow at this at th- at this body. Okay, uh, tell me what it looks like. Do you let go of the tether connecting gentle to do this? Yep. Okay, Oka, Voska, Costas, the three of you feel a massive tug forward as a Biku lets go, and like you all need to like brace against the ground as she pulls out her bow and summons a lightning arrow. A Biku, what does it look like? I think it is like. 
I think it's like red fury. It's something is like wrong. Like it is not normal. Okay, yeah, it's like we see this massive explosion of crimson light ripple outward from your hand and the bow, and we see this huge, vicious-looking red scarlet bolt just ripple into existence, and all of you see like a Biku's hair begin to like lift off of her body, like from the force of this like pure rage and fury, and you let it fly right toward the stranger. And their ice blue eyes sort of flick down instantly as soon as you let the arrow go. And they hold up a hand and they catch it uh, while it's like inches away from their face. And it's still like, like it wants to surge forward. It wants to like pierce through their body, right? It's like still repelling with energy, but they're just sort of like holding it casually. Like they're examining like a, some sort of ruler or something that's like completely innocuous. And they sort of like turn mm-hmm. it left, turn it right. And they go, this is interesting magic. I've never got the chance to touch it up close before with flesh and blood and finger and skin. How does this work exactly, Abiku? A cue is how it works. Ah, a favored colloquialism. And the stranger turns their hand and they tuck the arrow between their left index finger and their left middle finger, and they sort of flick it back down at you. And I need you to make a deck save. Absolutely well. Not bad for first rule. 24. That is not sufficient. Um, the arrow flies down as quickly as Gentle had. It just poof, and I think it explodes by your feet. Like poof, literally like an explosion of this like energetic fury that sizzles and singes across your skin. And I think given the the failed deck save, you like you have to let go of the blood tether. Mm-hmm. And I think you like roll backward a little bit across the ground. And it's just Oka, Vasca, and Costas bracing against the tether. What do the two of you do? What do I do, Connie? Me? The skinny ass bond with minus one to strength? Me? I have a question. Are what is like the the tether holding gentle? The gentle's on the ground. What are we holding it for? They're getting sucked toward the seed. Uh, all of you oh, are okay. now at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. gentle. Mm-hmm. I think like dust is like crumbling off their body, but you see their form begin to pick up limply off of the floor, and they begin to graviturgically surge toward the seed, which is right there. The seed is right there. It's like consuming half the horizon, and the stranger is sort of like silhouetted by it, right? Like it's a continuation of that huge black halo that had summoned them forward. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what I'm gonna do to stop this. I can't let my friend go down there, but I'm also very small. So Vasca begins spinning parable in a very familiar way in like she did in arc six as she casts wall of force to create a hemispherical dome over the crater that gentle is in so that it protects it is just a uh, a wall of force that protects her from the sucking motion, hopefully to buy time so that Vasca and Costas can get closer and bring her out. Bring them out, rather. Yeah, uh, the dome forms over Gentle just in time uh, to see Gentle's form lift up and sort of like hit against the side of the wall of force. Uh, But the wall of force is beginning to shimmer, right? Uh, Forming almost like a shape like a horseshoe crab as like part of it starts to get sucked and tugged toward that seed of annihilation as well. And there's like a moment where it begins to destabilize and Gentle's like sort of like bouncing against like the interior of it. 
Oka? Oh, Oka is having one. I think when Gentle slammed into the ground, since they're like first on the blood rope, they're not used to being controlled by the blood. And I think that Gentle moved literally so fast that it like retched out of them a little bit. So they're like struggled to grab back on and then like pull, pull, pull. Look to Abiku who's firing off fucking Vinosh arrows. They recognize what rage is. They know that red lightning anywhere. They held that shit in their soul. And they are like scrambling up at... Who, who is that? You know, like that is the question I think is they're like scrambling, pulling gentle as hard as they can with the blood rope, trying to you like summon every ounce of power they have to pull gentle back, looking up with, I think like voiceless desperation in their face. Wait, stop, stop. Wait, what the fuck is going on? As you say that, Vasca's magic breaks. It just sort of, it, it, it just sort of slips out of your grasp, uh, and like a glass blower, sort of like weaving something beautiful out of molten glass, the wall of force just gets sucked toward the seed. It like sloughs out of magic and toward annihilation. And Gentle starts to fly up into the air as you, Oka, say, what the fuck is that? And you, you're like tugged along by the force of Gentle also getting pulled forward. Uh, but it is Costas who grabs onto your legs and pulls you and like digs their heels into the ground and is like ah! doing like the hardest fucking like abdominal crunch in their goddamn fucking life. And they let out a scream at the top of their lungs. And Costas says, everyone, please listen to me, okay? We have to fight this thing together, all right? Panicking or, or going off on our own, it's not... It's not gonna help. I know we're all scared, we're all desperate, but that thing, Oka, that thing is not Dr. Eluso. I don't know what that thing is, but it's its not her. It's something else, okay? And I think, I think the doctor needs our help. So can we please stop for a minute and just regroup and, and help each other? Because our friends need us. And the stranger in the air her eyes are drawn downward toward Costas. Oh, Costas, you've always been so kind to my avatar, and they've always wanted to help you, but they never knew how. I think maybe I can. And the stranger lifts both hands, presses their pointer fingers together, and then pulls them apart. And Costas splits in half, straight down the middle, perfectly bisected along their fleshy side and their frozen side. And their eyes on either side go wide, their mouth cracks open, their body is thrashing, even as the stranger lifts their hands up and both halves of Costas levitate into the air, they're still alive somehow, but their tongue, their throat, their vocal cords are split in two vertically. They can't make any noise at all. And for a moment, the stranger just sort of lets them hang there, cocking their head to the side, observing. And we see like the two halves of Costas kicking, writhing, soundlessly just screaming. You can see their faces like their eyes are wide, their mouth is open, their two tongues are moving, they're screaming in noiseless pain. 
But the stranger this whole time, their head cocked to the side, just like a curious child, right? Like a kid burning ants under a magnifying glass. And then after a beat, they just sort of, they press their fingers back together and they lower their hands and Costas refuses and drops to the ground, like onto their knees and they're trembling, like their entire body is shaking. <sighs> just kidding. Oka screams. Like, they're screaming stop, like, as all of this is going down. And I think, like, one hand still, like, getting dragged through the dirt, like, making lines in the grass as they're trying so hard to hold on to Gentle, who's getting sucked into oblivion. They turn their other hand and they had tried to, like, staunch the bleeding of Costas's body, like, and hold on to them that way. They're, like, pulled in both directions, like, I think just screaming in horror. I think a Biku. I don't think I know we I am pleading for literally any ancestor spirit to please come save gentle because we can't pull gentle and I run defend from this we can't I'm, because like I, we, I can't we can't she's like I can't do both. Is that, do you like literally fall to your knees and pray? Like, what does this yeah. look like? How, what, how does your plea uh, come out? I, I got blown back, right, by this lightning. Yep. And I think yep. when I sit up is when Casas is being bisected. And I think that is when Abiku is like fully prostrated, like hands and knees into this like dead grass, crying, begging for anyone to come help. If any, if, 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 Anyone can hear me? I, please, I, I need, I need help. We need help. Oh, a biku. I suppose you really don't know who someone is until they're begging for mercy. But the hysterics are a little much. And the stranger pivots and pushes their hand backward in the direction of the seed. And it boop, turns into the size of a penny. Uh, as they just push it back toward the horizon. And all of the, like, the, the vacuuming, the like immense force of oblivion about to annihilate you all just it vanishes. And you all like, feel like normal gravity tugging you back toward the ground and like silence settle over. Like regular silence, not oblivion-laced silence. There, did that help? I think Oka was holding on to Gentle so tight that they literally pull them into their own body really fast. Like, I think that they probably crash into each other a little bit. But Oka has, like, one hand on the back of Gentle's neck and I think is, so like, sobbing and kind of still hyperventilating and screaming a little bit and, like, holding on to Gentle. Like, like they can't decide if Gentle is the thing holding them up or if they're holding Gentle up, but they have to hold on to something. I think there was a very, very long pause where Vosca was frozen, literally at the center between those two pieces of Costas when Costas was being bisected. And she was frozen in place, her hair blowing in the wind, ice crystals forming all over the strands of her hair. And tears do not drip and fall. They turn into spikes and daggers 
as she whips her face forward and runs straight to Costas and like just skids, sliding down, picking them up and holding them against her and looks up at the stranger and I know it's not going to work, but Vosca would cast Hold Monster because that is all they could ever possibly be. Ooh, okay. Uh, so what does it look like as you're casting the spell as you cradle Costas against your body? Vosca, as she's cradling Costas, holding their head against her, the crook of her neck, the icy side just coolly touching half of her face, the side of her face where the fogged-like eye is, her gift from Nebusa, as the ice begins to spiral up and up across her face, and she holds her hand up, looking right at the stranger. Stop where you are, monster. Monster? And the stranger curiously tilts their head to the side as they f- start to float downward from where they were like levitating in the air. They start to like just approach the ground and you can feel your magic trying to explode out of you and wrap around them, but it's like trying to move a boulder with bubblegum, right? Like with little like wisps of gossamer. It's like, it just moves right through your magic, right? Like a hot stone just moving through sand. Monster. I'm not a monster. I'm a precept. And the stranger's feet touch the ground, like gently. And they're now like at eye level. Still in Hitsagadin's body, they're still like the same like five, seven, five, nine that they've always been. And they just sort of like look around, right? At your party and then like at this absolutely eviscerated, blasted, consumed world with that same mild curiosity that they always have on their face. <laughs> where's, where's Itzagatin? Itzagatin is not here anymore. No. What the fuck does that mean? <sighs> you call me, what is it? Stranger? I call myself Oblivion. I am curious about experiencing the journey with a body, flesh, blood, nerve, skin. I've only ever journeyed as, well, as a precept, so this is new. Let's see. The seed isn't ready yet. I have some time to kill, so I guess I could explain. Why not? You've earned it. Believe it or not, I like the five of you. You're funny. After I planted the seed at the end of what you call, I believe, the Stranger War, I created Hitsagaten. I needed an avatar. I could hibernate inside until the seed was ready. I couldn't return to the Never. I was being watched. Your little world is quite... Important, you see, it's a favorite. Most worlds aren't like this one. Most are dead. Hollow. Or if they're alive, it's a 
gray, sad little thing, struggling to evolve beyond rudimentary sapience. But this world, this world is special. The perfect host reality for the seed, teeming with magic, possibility, a fertile feeding ground for millennia. And yes, for 5,000 years I hid inside the avatar I made for myself, and every time he got a little too close to self-awareness I reset his consciousness. She's quite tenacious, I have to admit. She came close to realizing her true nature as a vessel more times than I had anticipated. I have to admit I am impressed. I didn't expect my vessel to develop her own... personality. Her own sense of identity, even. Wants. Needs. It's cute. But now, I am awake, and they are asleep. And the seed is almost ready to bloom, but not quite. I'm here a little early, aren't I, Lilith? I have some time to burn. I know. Let's play a game. Um, Abiku walks over to where Costas and Vaska are embracing and like sits sits with them and like puts arms on both of them. What do you want? What what is this game? Well, let's see. I am done hiding from magic. From fate. I think it's time they hid from me. So let's play hide and seek. Oh, but of course, a game wouldn't be fair without rules now, would it? How about this? You have eight minutes to hide, one for each of your gods that still remain. And during these eight minutes, I promise I won't peek. Takes the fun out of it. I'll give myself eight seconds to find you. He just kind of looks around and looks at this dead world and the party with this face of like what? <laughs> Oka makes eye contact with Abiku. Huge eyed, terrified eye contact, these tears streaming down their face. And then they flick their eyes kind of behind and over Abiku's shoulder back toward the door that they came in from and then back to Abiku. And then like the tiniest little nod. And she'll just like squeeze Vasca and Costas as like a like a be ready. Oh, there are no good hiding spots here now, are there? It's just sky and some grass. Hmm, that's no fun. I know. And Oblivion bends her fingers into a claw-like shape and then pivots her wrist once sharply, counterclockwise. And as the instant they make this motion. The sky blackens, and bleeding into existence around you, like watercolor across canvas, is a town. Bathed in the warm orange glow of nighttime, and these paved streets sprawl in every direction. A wooden bridge arches over a glittering waterway populated by gondolas. 
buildings block out the horizon and that door vanishes out of view, replaced by ceramic tile, intricate stonework, banisters of perforated wood. And there are people, people milling the street People hawking goods on sidewalks, people driving ox carts, squatting on stoops, people just like you of every height, size, age, and appearance you can think of. And in the distance, beyond this town, you see the emerald green tops of trees blooming into reality. And beyond even that, mountains. You smell roasting meats, floral perfume, the night air, and you hear Music. It's faint, but it's everywhere. This ever-present, low, humming soundscape of bells, strings, drums, humming, wordless voices. And I think all of you realize this at once. You realize what this is. It's magic. It's like the weave. It's everywhere, but it's not threads. It's a song, notes, harmonies, melodies operating on an entirely different logic from the weave. And the four of you are now standing in a town square at the foot of a massive marble fountain. Your bodies are ghostly, they're translucent, like you're not totally there. And the people bustling past, like they move right past you without seeing you or sparing a look in your direction. And in the middle of this fountain, you see a statue of a woman a goddess, all flowing robes and graceful form. Her face looks artificial almost, like robotic, but beautiful. And these twin black streaks bleed from the corners of her eyes all the way down her chin, her neck, and disappear into her robes, almost like tear streaks. And her hands are cupped gracefully above her head. And as you look up, you see floating in the pitch black sky, hanging perfectly above the statue's hands, the moon. It is a bright, silvery, celestial body, like a star, but perfectly circular. It casts this really pleasant, pale light over everything. But there's something wrong. Before your very eyes, you see a line of darkness appear on the surface of the moon, perfectly vertical, and it starts to move counterclockwise, consuming the moon in black void as it does. And you realize what it is. It's a countdown clock for eight minutes. We, we do not have time to figure, we move. We we move. We must split up. And uh, I'm going to... You said magic. This Has magic changed now? Yeah, like it feels way- It feels different. There's. It's no longer like strings or a web. It's like a song. It's like the rules of magic are different here. Oh, did you say music? Did you say a song? Yeah. As Vasca holding Costas moves her, her legs to go underneath Costas' knees and cradling their shoulder will kind of begin humming the tunes, the notes that she noticed from the discs earlier to try and tether herself to each bit of magic to cast Enhance Ability on herself 
um, I believe it is bull strength, something strength to ca to double her carrying capacity to carry Costas. You do. You scoop Costas up, who's still shivering and trembling against your chest, and you yeah. you hoof it. What direction are you going? There are people all around you. There are all kinds of shops and stoops and buildings. There are bridges over water. And you notice, Vasca, and all of you do too as well, that every single door on every single building here looks like Dr. Aluso's door. Every single one of them. Dozens, hundreds. Okay, so fuck the doors is what I'm hearing. Um... <laughs> You said that they are gondolas. These, they're waterways. I think mm -hmm. Vasca's instinct is to find like an extremely obtuse, like very difficult little nook within the waterways, uh, like a little hidden corner, because one, they need to hide, and two, she needs to tend to Costas, and she needs space to do that. Okay. So she's hoofing it, carrying Costas. Vasca, you book it toward one of the bridges, and I think you slide down a grassy slope uh, until you reach, like, the shore of, like, this wide kind of, like, river where multiple gondolas are going upstream and downstream, and you sort of hide under the shadow of this wooden bridge, still cradling Costas. As you do, what do the rest of you do? How far is a tree line? Uh, like 50 or 60 miles off. Far, okay. Uh, there goes that plan. Um... I'm going to go to one of these bridges and like, I'm going to like get under the bridge and then climb up and like hold myself like right underneath the bridge. Uh, okay. Stock, stock still, since I don't need to breathe or anything, just gonna hold myself underneath the bridge like frozen. Mm, are you going to the same bridge as Vasco or a different one? If Vasco told me to split up, Abiku will frustratedly listen and go to a different bridge. Okay, yeah, Abiku, you cut it like in the opposite direction and you run toward another bridge. Uh, and I think you swing yourself over the edge and you grab onto it and lower yourself into the water. Oka, gentle. I think I finally like, am, Oka, are you still holding me? Yep, um, they have not let go. I think I like politely tap you on the arm of like, I'm shaken, but okay. Um. I think I'm gonna hide somewhere kind of obvious. That way, maybe that'll buy a second for it to have to chase me. I'm pretty, pretty fast. Gentle, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. And Oka cups Gentle's face. Uh, and I can technically cast invisibility once per long rest. It's a feat. Uh, and I'm cast invisibility on gentle instead of on myself <laughs> go fast somewhere okay um i like affectionate give you like an affectionate squeeze on the shoulder um three times for i love you uh, as as you do um and i think gentle just picks a direction and just starts moving in that way gentle you 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 pick you pick a road and walk. And as the invisibility settles over you and renders you unseeable to the mortal eye, Oka, instead of feeling it like a vibration through the weave, you hear like a ding, like a clear note ringing out only in your ears as the invisibility washes over gentle. And as they move through the crowd, it's almost like they leave like a trail of a harmony in their wake that only you can perceive. 
if it's okay with you, does it can it sound like the sound when bone hits bone? Yes. Right? Like that's the sound that that magic makes. Definitely. Oka casts. And I think Oka pauses, looks up at the moon, then the goddess, and then they kind of uh, turn inward, uh, inhale sharply, and turn into a rabbit. Okay, yeah! You inhale, and when you exhale, you like drop to the ground, you are a rabbit now. And I'm gonna find somewhere small, I think. To hole up in? Okay, yeah, you turn and you start to skitter, I think, like, through the boardwalks and the walkways, like, dodging between feet. And even as you do, you realize you can move through people. You're, like, translucent. You're like a ghost. They don't see you. They don't perceive you. You're in, like, a different plane that they are. And I think you, like, dodge and weave and duck and jump and hop, looking for somewhere small and cozy and safe to squirrel yourself away in. And I think we cut back to Vasca and Costas. Vasca, under the shadow of this bridge, holding Costas against your chest, uh, they're just sort of muttering, oh, yeah. I don't know what was that. I don't know. Am I, am I okay? Am I okay? Am I dead? Am I dead? Am I dead? I think Vasca, her hands just naturally cooling, like little, like just like cools against her skin and cups Costas's face, and she just. Very gently says, You will be okay. I'm here. I won't let her touch you. <sighs> but I, I. Vasca, it's. That thing, it's. It said it wasn't a. What the hell is a precept? You're smart. What is that? Do I know what a precept is? <laughs> Roll. Religion. No, um, hmm, God, what are you in with this? Uh, I'm, I'm like, which one religion. is it, Connie? Will you hit an expertise? Which one is it? Religion or history, your choice. History, I got a plus 14 in that. <laughs> okay, that is 16 plus 14. What is that, a 30? A 30? It's a 30? A 30? Okay, 30? A, a precept. You know the definition of this? It's like a law. It's like a rule that you like, it's usually used in like religion, like, oh, here are the precepts of being a denizen of the court, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. the practical application you've heard of it in. Yeah. But beyond that with a 30, I don't know with a 30 if you've ever encountered this term in your studies before, like outside, well, mm, why not? Whenever you look at me like that, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. There, the creation story of Endake, that every Endake knows, right? That was told to you by elders of Morose in the tapestries they wove and the stories they passed on to youth, is that the gods were here first and they made Endake and then they populated Andake with people. The first people were draconic mages and gigantic mages, the titans, and then they died, they went extinct. And then it's the people now of the modern age. But there has always been a question that has bothered and troubled and piqued the curiosity of certain scholars, which is what came before the gods? Who made the gods? And I think that's the question that comes up when you think of precepts. I think as she is sitting there and thinking about it and she goes 
precepts are are laws they're principles uh, things that are foundational unto and then you see i think that's when it clicks in her head foundational to be it's like the law of gravity like all of those things right the law of magic and she just pauses and she goes that means they're old okay a big old. old too older than everything we know older than the gods older than before the gods if there was a before a a, a precept is a, is a foundational principle if <gasps> if she's a precept she's foundational to how how the fuck how the fuck do you kill a concept and i think you see her Vasca's like eyes are downing around. She's still like cupping Costas's face. I don't know. I don't know. And we cut away from Vasca and Costas's conversation over to Abigu. Abigu, as your hands are grasping onto the bridge and your body is submerged in water, I think we see a moment of just this surf and this current breezing past your hair like past your cheeks as like these bubbles of air come out even though you don't have to breathe right like from your nostrils to just gently tickle your skin and what's going through your mind what's going through your head what emotions are roiling through your body as you're hanging there Abiku is thinking of two things one I have a promise to keep and two I'm alone again. Vasca has Costas and Gentle and Oka have each other and Abiku is alone and is thinking it's her fault for even attacking this thing. And she's just there in the water, can't feel sun, doesn't know where everyone else went to hide, doesn't know what's going to happen with Shunyi when this thing gets back to Indake, which she's like, I can't stop it, we can't stop it, and is like, maybe I should be alone when this happens. And Abiku, as you're just in the water by yourself, the surf current moving past you, sinking not to the bottom of the riverbed, but to the bottom of yourself, all by yourself. So lonely, it's just you, Abiku. You woke up alone. Will you walk into oblivion alone too? And then you hear a voice, a warm, familiar voice, a memory ring out in your head. Abiku, Abiku, what are you doing? And when you open your eyes, you are not alone anymore. One of your fathers is looking down at you as you're inside this flashback, inside this memory. Tell me, where are you? Uh, Abiku is in like a in like a stream near the the like cottage in the woods they have, trying to beat her record for holding her breath underwater. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you've just popped up, right? And one of your fathers is on the shore of the stream, and I think his dress is sort of hitched up, I think, like, around his uh, waist so he doesn't get it, like, wet from, like, the moving water. And he sort of, like, has, like, one hand shielding his eyes from, like, Altinger's rays coming down. And you hear, like, the chirping of birds in the distance. The nice, cool water is a welcome reprieve from the beating heat of summer all around you. You can see, like, the glittering, blinding rays of the glass forest where you call home kind of in shimmering in the distance and your father is <laughs> laughing to himself uh, has that dress hiked up and says Abiku come on you're not gonna beat your record anytime soon with a face like that well I you can't get better if you don't try that's what you told me that's true that's true but it's almost lunchtime and your dad packed a nice meal for us I do need energy to continue my training. How else will I learn <laughs> to talk to fish if I have to breathe when I talk? That's right, and all the bubbles coming out might accidentally insult them. Exactly. <laughs> so, but yes, lunch is important. I am a, I am a growing person. <laughs> Well, come along now, my little warrior. And he, like, throws out his arms for you to run toward him. Yeah, she'll run over. And I think, like, the next thing we see is the three of you sitting down on, like, a nice, pleasant, grassy knoll. It's just you and your two dads, right? One of them has, like, long hair, the one who had sort of, like, brought you over here. And the other one has sort of, like, short, cropped uh, hair, looks a lot buffer. And he's in the middle of, I think, like, chopping vegetables with, with a knife. Like, <laughs> like, the carrots are just... <laughs> like flying through the air and he like splays them out in this like beautiful presentation and like slides a plate over to you thank you so what are we going to do when when winter comes do we are we traveling again or oh no no honey we're staying put at the cottage uh it's it's a good place to be you know considering all the um things happening and your other father your dad says you mean the war She's old enough to understand what war is. You shouldn't shelter her forever. Well, so why is everybody... Why, why are we fighting? Why are people fighting? And, like, both of your fathers just sort of sigh, and they look at each other, wondering how they're going to talk about this with their kid. And the one who had chopped the carrots, the one with the short hair, leans in and says, Abiku, it's because adults are really dumb. When we disagree with each other, we, uh, we take it really personally, and sometimes uh, things get out of hand. But what you should always try to remember, our sweet little bundle of joy, is uh, the art of listening. Listen to what the fish have to say. Listen to what the wind has to tell you. Listen to the earth. She always has something to say. And when we listen, perhaps then we can hold love in our hearts for other people and for ourselves. What if no one wants to listen with you? What if you have to do it alone? Your dads look at each other and they both lean in. And the one with the long hair, oh, you remember his name now, Farha, says to you, Biku. As long as you have love in your heart, you'll never be alone. 
And on that, we cut to Gentle. Gentle, as you're making your way as a ghost through these streets, past hawkers, selling goods in a language you don't recognize at all, right? Like past all of these doors that look exactly like Dr. Eluso's, what are you doing? I think I am simply trying to feel uh, for a tether to see if I can feel the presence of Dr. O in any capacity. As you take a moment to like recenter yourself and pull on whatever threads of Nebuza are still resident here, you find Oka, you find Abiku, you find Costas and Vasca bright as a snowflake under starlight. Dr. Luso, it's Agaton. She's not here. You can't locate her. You feel, I think, what remains of Nibuza close to you, also trying to find it, almost like guiding your hand through the song, pulling on what remains of the weave here exerted by the presence of this god shard. She's also attempting to find it, but she just, she can't. But you do hear her voice by your ear, right? Like a guiding presence, a whisper on an icy wind go, gentle, the correct door. I think if I had enough time, I could find it. The door home. I can help buy time. Please do. And gentle, I know all of you are scared right now. All of you want to split up because you think that keeps you safe. But remember, a thread alone is easily cut but threads together, not so much. Understood. And I think if I can, I'm going to try to make sure I keep a bead on everyone else's threads. So I know that if anyone feels like they're in trouble, I can, by, by time, run through as a distraction or something. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And I think like, as you continue to walk through these streets, you feel the beginnings of another thread, a brand new one that doesn't even feel like string. It feels like a single note vibrating toward you, starting to form a, a, against your soul. But before you can like solidify, anchor yourself to this new presence, starting to ricochet into existence, we're gonna swing around as you turn and swivel onto a rabbit. The inclination for Oka is that being small, being in something that's not them but is them, being in a place that's not what they know and what they remember, makes it easier to feel fear and accept it. Being a small rabbit makes the fear easier. And I think for a few minutes, Oka does run until that complex tug that makes up their soul begins to dig into them a little more, like a blade sunk into their ribs, a familiar kind of pain that anchors them to themselves. And I think they pause in the street, this like little bright nose twitching, 
before they kind of fold out of themselves up back into their own body. And they turn around, look at the clock, and then they go to try to find the stranger. Okay. As soon as you turn around with the intention of trying to find the stranger, they're there. By a market stall, looking down, perusing some pears. They have like a, a single pear in one hand and they're just sort of looking at it with their head cocked to one side. I don't think you understand the rules of this game, Oka. Kitsagatin always preferred pomegranates to pears. Hmm. What a curious little avatar I've made for myself. One with their own preferences, wants, inclinations. Unexpected, but also expected. A statistical inevitability. And they lower the pair back into the stand. Why are you talking about them like that? Like they're not real. Real. <sighs> of course they are real. We are all real. We exist in reality, after all. What other definition for real is there? They're not yours. Mine. Yours. Words are funny. They obfuscate truth. And the truth is, Oka. There is no truth. There has only ever been a journey. I can say, I want to end reality. Or more accurately, I want to end the metaphysical framework that holds reality. But this implies desire. I don't want anything like you do. I don't seek to possess anything like you do. I'm not a person. I am not a god, darling. I am a rule. I am causality. I am nothing. I am entropy. I am oblivion. I cannot be escaped. I cannot be destroyed. I can be delayed, maybe. Hidden from, perhaps, for a while. If you spend your god shards and your souls to stop me before I feed them to the seed, yes, I'll be delayed. But I'll come back. I'll always come back. As long as reality exists, I'll always be here. And when I do, you know as well as I do, that there's no stopping me a third time. I am here, Oka, and I am going nowhere, and so are you. Then why did you leave the first time? Hmm. The laws of this reality dictate that the universe is infinitely expanding. What do you think occurs when infinite creation meets infinite obliteration? It's a paradox. It is a question that has no answer until now. But even obliteration is relative, Oka. Fire, by nature of existing, obliterates oxygen. Would you call that destruction? Would you call that evil? What if oxygen had feelings? Or a family? Or a propensity for pain? Now is fire, by nature of existing, evil? 
questions with no answers. I, by nature of existing in reality, annihilate. And yet, for every reality annihilated, an infinity more spring into existence. After all, the universe is endless. No matter how many worlds I consume, thousands more are made, wicked into existence by the never-ending journey. So it really doesn't matter how many realities I devour because there will always be more, because the journey never ends. Well, until now. What do you mean, until now? Until the seed, of course. Haven't you been paying attention this entire time? The seed is what happens when I exist for too long, I think. It is the wave in the wake of a shark that eventually whelms the shore. Like Dr. Eluso's consciousness, it is merely a statistical inevitability. And when the seed blooms, it will end the journey always. And never, because existence will have never existed in the first place. You see, that's what happens to worlds I annihilate. Worlds like this one, Tungal. These worlds don't die, they're not mourned, no. They simply cease to have happened at all. So you would give yourself up too? I don't exist, Oka. Not in the same way that you do. I exist beyond existence. Maybe... <laughs> maybe you did before. But I don't think that's true now. Is it? This is new for you too, isn't it? This is not a prison for me, Oka. I joined the journey because it was inevitable for me to join the journey. Because I am the end to the journey. Because the journey would not have existed without me. Do you ever get lost? 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 Destiny and magic get lost. My eyes are always on the horizon. And Oka, you! And everyone else, simultaneously, hear a voice in your head. And the voice just breathes out like a gust of cosmic wind. Come. And Tungal disappears. Uh, this place, this town, it just it sort of folds away like a dust in the wind. And even the stranger, Oka, vanishes and it's pure blackness that all of you are standing inside except this blackness has radiance inside of it you see little lucent clouds of light floating all around you and you're standing on some sort of surface that is not the bottom of the world it's almost rounded, pockmarked with these craters, and you see each other. The only other people you see in this space are yourselves and yourselves. And Yin, the goddess of the moon.
Yuan, the goddess of the moon, which does not exist, which never existed, and which did once exist, appears before all of you in the midst of this cratered, dark, lucently radiant mindscape, dreamscape. This is, it's, it's a scape of some sort. It is a reality, a forgotten one, hidden amongst all the remembered. She is radiant, a literal moonbeam. She has a downturned mouth, these bright, dewy eyes, and these long, baleful lashes. And you see her face, this like perfectly mechanical face, with those two dark streaks pouring down from the corners of her eyes all the way to her chin, down her neck, disappearing into the hem of her robes. Ever-present tear marks. Paragons. The other two. You could have been, couldn't you? Um, what is happening? Do not be afraid. I am not real. Well, rather, once I was real, and now I don't exist. I never existed in the first place, but in this space, there is a ghost of me that still breathes empty breath. I am the ghost of the memory of Tongao. I was, am, is, will be, Yin, goddess of the moon, sorrow, and inspiration. Tell me, how is my sister? Your sister? Called Tanger. Your sister is being kept safe by a friend of ours. Ah, good. In a manner speaking, yes. Good. This place, it is no more. And yet, still, I once was, am, will be, never was, a god. I still have, do not have, never will, always have, power. We need help. 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 We needed help. We needed help, too. And yet none came. Our cries did not reach you. The seed annihilated even our prayers. Every night and day, I used to trade places with my sister. Nights here, days there, days here, nights there. Your realm, tell me, is it still beautiful? Are there still rivers that flow, mountains that stand, oceans that teem with fish? Yeah. Yes. Good. Then it is not too late. Oblivion is coming for you all. And I do not know how to escape it. How did it happen to... How did it happen here? Suddenly. Painfully. Terribly. The seed of annihilation emerged from the ground and began to consume everything. We tried to escape, to rally, 
to fend it off. And for a while we did. We had paragons of our own. We were shattered too. But we could not hold forever. Even the song, the font of our magic, could not escape the pull of oblivion. And now, what remains of our power is suspended forever at the bottom of your chasm. Thin ghosts of what it used to be. Singing forever into the empty. Please, will you remember us? For us. Even if we never existed in the first place. Maybe through memory, we can. Yes. Gorgon, deity of poison and lies, enemy and lover to Mungshan Jirdi. Rathen, god of temperance and gemstones, younger brother to Yudabathi. Salki, the goddess of wind and faith, my sister's lover. Paakai, the goddess of salt and nourishment, lover of Mahu. Druzba, deity of poetry and friendship, child of Nitbuza and the Raven Queen. Shrien, deity of sacred oaths, child of Skad and Nectis. And the Fox King, god of rebirth and renewal, lover of Sen, brother of the Raven Queen. Will you remember their names for us? Please. What happens in Oka's soul when the name of the Fox King comes up? Also curious about names. <laughs> um, I need a list. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll fax you over a list. NBC um, <laughs> references chatter. Um, it is like time freezes inside your chest, Oka, as the Fox King, that name is said. And the God Shard of Sen can't remember because the Fox King never existed, but sorrow, a deep crescendo of grief rips through your body and tears begin to roll down your face, out of the corners of your eyes, down your chin, down your throat, into your robes, just like they roll down Rhea Yin's face always. And I think Voska, you're also crying as Druspa, Nitbuza's child's name is said. It's just, it's overwhelming. It's cracking you open from the inside out. And as you cry, you realize that those black tears are now flowing down Yue Yin's face as well. And this goddess of the moon, of sorrow, of inspiration, weeps alongside all of you. Endless more gods, endless more lives, realities, planes, universes has oblivion annihilated. And I do not know all of their names, but there are so many, too many to count. Oka, I think, has literally fallen to their knees and is crying louder than they've ever cried in their life, I think. Like, they're trying to get the sorrow out of their body, but it won't, and it just keeps coming and coming. And I think through these, like, heaving, hiccuping... It's... it's 
there's something there's something di different this time something about the end of the journey i don't i don't know i can't i don't understand it but i think something's different this time the seed it grew stronger as time went on as we tried to fight it everything it consumed made it denser more massive it is building toward something so too did it eat time tell me how long ago did oblivion first appear in your world 5,000 years ago because it was halfway between me dying and then being back this just happened Tonga was just annihilated time too was consumed by the seed tell me did your world feel any of this ripples of its consumption and as Ryan says this, I think you're f like flung back to when Dr. Aluso was briefing you all on the spikes of magical anomalies that happen at like perfectly regimented times that grow stronger and stronger and stronger over the course of thousands of years. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, there is something different about this time. That seed. It is called a seed for a reason. It will sprout. And when it does, it is not just the rest of Tunga and Dake as well that will be consumed. It will be everything. You, you said you did not know how to stop it. So what can we do? I don't know. But Oblivion isn't here yet, which means something else is different, too. It has a body. An avatar, is that what it said? Maybe that's the... Oof! All of this is wiped away immediately. Unceremoniously, Ryrian is gone. And you all are back on that blasted consumed, devoured battlefield. Just the dead yellow grass, just the empty sky. And the final stroke of that timer has counted down in the middle of the sky. We see just like a black hole in the sky now that you realize is the seed. It's starting to descend toward all of you. It's starting to grow bigger and bigger and bigger by the instant. And when you turn, you see the stranger is standing on the grass facing your party. They're still holding a pair. Ah, that was eight minutes. And I believe I found all of you. Now what? You eat us with your seed and go back to Endake? Oh, oh, no, 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 the game was just to kill time. I was just bored. But now, it seems like Lilith's ritual is almost complete. 
so I suppose it is time, yes, Sabiku, I suppose it is time for me to end the journey. And they sort of turn their wrists and the pair is just gone. All right. Who wants to be first? I have a question. In all the worlds you've taken, do you have any stories of any of them? Are you seriously trying to stall the, the big bad and get them into monologuing? I love this. Yeah. Never uh, fails. <laughs> <laughs> stories. Why would I remember stories of realms I consume? Would a person gazing upon a hill of ants do you extrapolate a story from their patterns? Ants are actually very interesting creatures if you take the time to get to know them and observe their life and patterns. I understand that was a rhetorical question now, but I also know having a body is new for you, and perhaps you are curious, like gestures, what it is like to be. I agree, Abiku. Ants are curious little creatures, people, gods, you are curious little things, and I have walked among you for 5,000 years now. What is 5,000 years compared to infinity? It is nothing, and it is everything, and it is also something, and all of it, all at once. And I think I understand you a little bit, but I don't know if I care to learn more. I think my curiosity is starting to reach an end. You know nothing of my time? You were- I was here 5,000 years before you on this plane. This is true. So tell me, Abiku, what marvelous fact about the Thousand Year War can you share with me? To stall your time here a little bit longer. Okay. What I want- is the door here still? First question. Ooh! Yeah. As- you stall the stranger, gentle. You hear that whisper of a voice in your ear of Nipusa going, I found it. And you feel like a strong tether, like binding you to a particular location behind you all. And I think Nipusa on purpose is trying to hide the like appearance of the door from the stranger. So Abiku, you can't see it, but you can maybe see something percolating on Gentle's face. Abiku is going to tell the story of her family. Uh, and if I see this percolating on Gentle's face, I'm going to do like a for everyone else to try and move. And Abiku's going to sit down and tell the story, like how her dad's met, leading all the way up to her own demise. I think as soon as all of that is happening, I would like for Vasca to, to, like, not swing Parable. Parable is just gently swaying within her hand. As I would like to use Parable's feature 
to create an illusion of a Biku and the rest of us standing here as we, while a Biku's telling the story and I animate a Biku telling the story, we start Scooby doing walking our way to the door. Because if I roll high enough, it can be fully autonomous from us. <laughs> Not the Scooby Doo. Not it, the cyber chase method. It works. It works. It gets results. <laughs> let me let me use the decoy. Go for it. Do do the thing. Roll for the decoy. The most important decoy of your life, Bosco. Roll for it. Roll for this it. is the most important performance check of my goddamn life. Oh, okay, okay. That's something. Oh. Uh, that is a 15 on a die plus 17. <laughs> we have 32? to do math. 32? so. Okay. Vasca, mm -hmm. you you carefully swing parable, like maybe even behind your back, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it is a perfect illusion. So much so that the rest of you don't even realize that like versions of yourselves have superimposed yourselves over your bodies until like Vasca is like gesturing for you all to like get that, like the high tail at the fuck out of there, right? So I think like Oka and Gentle, how are the two of you responding to this masterwork of an illusion being woven here? I think it's, I, I'm, I guess I'm guiding everyone to where the, where it's from. So I'm just, I think my movements are still very deliberate uh, with like every breath sort of perfectly paced. So like with my every step, so it doesn't throw anything off and I'm just slowly moving just so everyone can follow. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Oka? Oka is very reticent to move away. There's still some small, vulnerable part of them that doesn't want to go. Uh, they're following because they know that they are literally staring death in the face. But I think they're starting to trail behind and they're like walking backwards and keeping their eyes on the stranger the whole time. I think Abiku will take Oka's hand if Oka would let, let her. We will get them back. And I think Oka turns to look up into Abiku's face and they blink and their god eye has this like single hazel eye. Like it was pulled out of the memory of your father's, I think, one of their eyes staring back at you before they blink again and it's something else entirely. I can't leave them here. Right now, there's nothing we can do. So we will leave and we will find our friends, and then we will get our friend back. But if we... if we fall here, we will never see them what again. What are you guys talking about? And they, the stranger is right in the middle of all of you, as you're, like, moving away from the illusion. And the stranger is between all of you, like, in your mist. And they're looking curiously between Oka and between Abiku. I'm not leaving you here. Oka kisses him on the mouth. Uh, while this is happening, um, and this, this everyone smooching, else should run. <laughs> while this smooching is happening, I think Voska looks at Illusion Voska because the illusion is fully autonomous from us, and goes now and will like cast a gaze to Voska that Voska would understand because Voska is looking at Voska. <laughs> 
to start scrambling into the middle of all of this. Oh, to like confuse the stranger? Okay, Jesus. Okay, yeah, all right. Oka, you lean up and you kiss the stranger and everyone runs. And there are copies of yourselves also running everywhere, right? And you are like booking it. Nebusa lowers the glamour so the door is revealed. So all of you can like head toward it like together and you're booking it. And we, I think, see all of you. You're like getting close to it. The door's fairly close. It's only like 500 feet away, 300 feet away. You are running, 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 running. And we pull back to Oka and the stranger. And the stranger, you you kiss them, and then they sort of like pull away and look down at you, and they like cock like their head to the side and they go, "Oh, I suppose you're volunteering to go first. There is a no. sort of poeticism to the god shard and the paragon of change being the first to die." And they reach their, their, like, right hand up. And I think, like, y'all are aware of this. You know, like, everyone else can hear this happening. Like, even as the bedlam is screeching past you, as your doubles are, like, yanking their way toward the door, you all can hear and notice this happening. And the stranger is holding you. Their left hand is cupping your waist, and they pull you in almost gently. And their right hand is sort of, like, up in the air. And then they plunge their fingers into your chest. It just sinks right in. And you, it's like a like a heartbeat moment where we see like pain just shatter across your reality, across your existence as these fingers of just pure void emptiness sear not just into your body but into your soul and you can feel the stranger beginning to wrap their hands around your soul and the god shard of sen and oka has had their soul punched out once before and they are gonna try to drive their hand into the stranger's chest um what are you searching for dr Alyssa, bitch what are you doing searching for Okay, I think this is what happens. As a stranger twists their fingers in your chest, you reach out your hand and it kind of just uselessly scrabbles against the front of their torso. It's hard like concrete, like cement. And it's just, this pain is just rolling through your body as the stranger cocks their head to the side and goes, that's cute. Good night, Okahyen. And nothing happens. There's like a moment where you're like, I'm gonna die. Like there's, a, it's like, you're literally staring annihilation in the face. There is a certainty, you know you are about to be obliterated. There's like no doubt about it, but then nothing happens. And the stranger's just sort of looking down at you. Like their fingers don't move inside your chest. They don't like squeeze your soul and consume it. They're just looking at you. And then you see a single tear form in like the corner of their eye and trickle down the side of their face. I love you. And Oka shoves off and starts to run. You, in that split moment of hesitation, whatever the hell that was, you shove off the stranger, like you disimpale yourself from their hand. You turn and you book it for the door. 
Go ahead, Abiku. I know me also knows it is useless, but there's no way Biku doesn't throw up on one wall to try and keep us safe as Oka gets it's like it was like waiting. And when Oka gets free, like whips up a one wall in between us and the stranger. Mmm. Mm, yeah, you. As soon as Oka's with you, you whip up at it. Like, it's the biggest whirlwind you've ever summoned in your life because you're like, God damn it. I need to fucking. You gotta go. You gotta go ham right now. And these blades of wind just whirl and gust into existence as the strangers on the other side, their hands still sort of outstretched, heads still cocked to the side, tears still trickling down their cheek. And all of you are within, like, you're starting to get within arm's reach of the door. And then the door vanishes. And you all like stumble past where it was, right? Like your arms outreach, your hands grabbing through air and you just stumble and you stumble and you stumble. And when you like straighten up again and you gather your bearings, the stranger is right there amongst your mist yet again. And their hand is still outstretched. Their head is still sort of like cocked, but they lower it. Huh. Well, what if I try this? And they reach their hand out sideways and plunge it into Vasca's chest. And Vasca, you feel pain ricochet through your body and gentle, you hear that Buza screaming in your ear. Have you ever heard a god scream? And the stranger, you feel, Vasca, you feel the stranger's fingers begin to wrap themselves around your soul, begin to sever the strings that bind it to the rest of your body, but then it freezes again. And now all of you see that left arm of the stranger begin to shake. For the first time this entire time, they've been like a statue, but now they're beginning to quiver. Huh. I see. And they remove their hand from your chest, Vasca, and it's like Nabuza's reconnected to you, but my God, was that painful and terrifying. Well, this is inconvenient. Hmm, what should I do? I know, I'll kill you but it has to happen away from here because I still want these god shards to die. Got it. Uh, and the stranger reaches up and drags the seed down and they vanish at the exact same time. The seed, which was maybe the size of a dinner plate in the sky above you is now, it is like a dozen feet above your heads. It is just like, a void of pure swiveling darkness as they pull it down immediately and they vanish and on them vanishing they turn it's like they turn into nothingness they just turn and they're gone like the last thing any of you see uh, as the stranger turns is like their left eye trailing backward and for an instant it is brown and it is the eye that was crying and it looks straight at all of you and is wide and they're gone The seed of annihilation is pressing down on all of you, and all of you just almost gently feel your bodies lift up off the ground, and you see like what's left of this empty horizon also being sucked in toward the seed. 
right? Like all that remained of Tonga when you first arrived here was the sky and the ground, that's it. And now those things are being folded into oblivion as well. You see light being sucked down through a pinhole as all of you begin to levitate up toward it. And I am sorry, everyone, there is no save here you can make that can get you out of here. Except, gentle, you hear Nibuza's voice ringing in your ears so far away. It's like as you're being sucked toward the seed, so is she, but she is tethering herself to you, to Vasca, to Oka, to Abiku, to Costas, as all of you begin to levitate up toward your own entropy. As she says, Gentle, you're it. You are the thread that binds everyone. You are the stories of hope that remain after oblivion. You are the stories of Andake and Tungal. You are memory, you are thread, you are song, you are light. Gentle, you bring everyone together and you can bring them home. I know you can. Gentle, will you be my keeper? Of course. And gentle, as you accept, you feel threads of magic swirl around your body and shoot right toward the ground and tether you. Even as your friends, I think, start to like fly up past you toward the seed. Tell me, how do you tether them as well? I think I reach out. I, I reach out with all of the love and care I have for everyone here. And I think I will try to use that. And the way I've been pulling on that thread to like feel for them, I think I try to make that internal feeling external. Mm, and and it externalizes beautifully. These threads of literal love and friendship and hope and light shoot out from your body and like repel around your friends and pulls them down with you, even as the sky folds in, even as the earth inverts upon itself and folds upward toward the seed and gets sucked down toward that vacuum, you and your friends pummel downward. Back through the earth, back through the chasm, and gentle as you, like, propel toward that dead yellow grass. All of it, like, folds like it's suddenly warping, like the edges of a fishbowl, and you shoot past that layer and all of you are hurtling downwards and backwards through the chasm which is both beneath you and above you now as gravity instantly inverts and we see that you are shooting right side up again but it looks like you're falling backwards as gentle is pulling all of you and abusa is also pulling your entire party back toward the surface of andake and gentle as you're flying backwards upwards downwards 
in every direction and no direction at all. You also see like the empty vastness of nothingness all around you. And then shooting past all of your faces, you see those discs, those deuses, the last remnants of Tungal singing out. And the seed is like pursuing you all, right? It has completely consumed the last remnants of Tungal and it's beginning to like, like rise upward and it's like swallowing the last discs of Tungal as well as you like fly back up through that chute, that channel, that infinite abyss, that infinitesimal drop uh, filled with that strange, massive bacteria, that huge worm that had drilled tunnels and layers into the rock. It like, you all shoot backwards and upwards through that chute as well. And you see like the blackness welling up, welling up, welling up, like a thick layer of pure void ink swallowing everything as well. But you're ahead of it and you're gaining on it. It's starting to get smaller and smaller. Your momentum cannot be stopped and gentle. As you surface upward, which is also downward, which is also everywhere. How does this magic of Nibuza transform your body? I think keeping in touch with Gentle, there is a beautiful simplicity to it. Almost as if there are tattoos. Um, it is simple but elegant, like strings of black ink uh, going up their fingers, up their arm, uh, and like onto their chest, almost circling around where their heart would be. And if you looked at it closely, you'd realize that these are like deeply intricate complex but with a surface level look it, they seem simple and i think that epitomizes gentle to a t mm, i love that yeah these black threads wrap around your body as you ascend descend levitate plummet all the way back up 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 down down up up through the chasm and gentle as you're shooting past flames, as you shoot past water boiling crevasses, as you shoot past a thickly wooded jungle, past a thick layer of mist, past a gorge, you hear something that maybe the rest of you only hear as whispers, but it rings true in your ears. You hear a voice that is instantly unfamiliar and familiar to you at once go. Gentle, is it? It's, uh, Rushba. Can you, uh, make sure to just always hold this in your heart? This love? This hope? Of, of course. Carry that and your memories, I promise. We didn't have you in Tungal. We didn't have any of you in Tongal. Maybe if we did, things would have been different. Oh, and gentle? Yeah. Can you tell my moms I love them? Of course. Make sure they know. Thank you. And the last remnants of Tungal are also consumed by the welling darkness at your feet. And then all of you explode out of the top of the chasm. And this journey took like eight seconds. So like, as soon as you all like spew up into like the air and you land like back down onto the ground, you are winded, you're like, 
you're, you've literally like had no time to depressurize from the beds, essentially. So all of you are like, have your souls knocked out of your bodies. You're just sort of like on the floor, like feet and limbs akimbo and gentle is the only one that I think has like planted their feet fully and can like stand and look around. So in this like heartbeat, what do you all do? Abiku will reach out for Costas. I don't know if I can get up. It sounds like it sounds like I'm like on the ground, but I like reach my hand towards Costas. Costas, I do think you are hot. Shut the fuck up, Abiku! And Costas like crawls over to you and grabs you and pulls you close. And also, without even asking, grabs Vasca and pulls you in as well. And also grabs out Oka, pulls Oka in, and finally like grabs up toward Gentle to pull all of you into like a huge pile onto the ground. Like Vasca was trying to stand up to go see what's going on. He was like, what? <laughs> Oka also, I think, gets pulled into this, and they're crying, screaming, laughing, like, holding one hand, I think, like, against Vasca's or Gentle's or Aviku's or Costas. They don't even know whose limb is whose, just feeling the sound of heartbeat, 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 heartbeat around them. Finally, again, that quiet is is finally gone, and in their other hand, holding onto these sad little desert grasses and crying into them. And I think as all of you are holding each other, laughing, crying, shouting, screaming, whispering, talking, just feeling each other in this massive cuddle pile, we feel like massive like bundle of fur. Also join in on everything as Bud nuzzles his way in uh, and is like nosing everyone, licking everyone, right? Like nibbling at everyone, just like so affectionate, so happy, like so overjoyed that all of you have escaped annihilation, have escaped oblivion somehow, that it takes you a minute to realize the sky is completely red. And my sweet, dear paragons and keepers, your nightmare has become real. This episode of The Second Stranger was edited by Connie Chong. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Lyle and Peanut, Matt Sweeney, Purple Mouse, Riley, Spencer Critchfield, Scruffesis, and Target.